Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Jesus. I'm your host, Todd Jubilee. I'm joined in this episode by Ms. Gilda Rivera. You may recognize her name as the author of our outstanding descriptions for our episodes. And she has also joined me a few times. She has graciously agreed to join me again here for um, the last episode of season two. Yilda, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. So in this episode, we're going to talk about when things don't make sense. I know with everything going on in the world right now, things don't seem to make sense at all. The baby food shortage, the empty store shelves. We still have that huge war in the Ukraine with Russia and the Ukraine. Um, mass shootings that we've had. It, things just, they don't make sense. Well, the thing is, even when things don't make sense, God is still there in the middle. Even when we can't see him, even when it seems like evil is running rampant, God is still there. So in this episode, we're going to discuss how to make sense of things when things don't make sense. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. And, you know, when we look at the terrible things happening, like you mentioned, uh, Todd, you know, pain, chaos, brutality. Um, I want also to acknowledge that uh, the feelings, you know, the emotions that we all have uh, or that we might experience. And I want to be, I want to be blonde. You know, sometimes I get angry, um, disappointed, you know, um, there, there might be feelings of fear around, you know, um, grief, confusion. Um, there was uh, not long ago, like two, um, right after the while, the, uh, what happened there, um, we had at our church this ministry who uh, ministered to children in this situation. And they went to Valde, they talked with parents, with children. And that just brought me to the basics, you know, uh, how we should react or make sense of what it doesn't, right? And the point is bring, you know, to, to you, to this cause uh, with our audience, you know, that God knows uh, how we feel and that he understands and that he's also sad with what's going on. There is one verse uh, that I want to kind of go over it, that it helps me navigating this uh, difficult situation. And I, uh, it's First Peter 5, 7. And I want to bring, it's very short, and I just want to bring it because, you know, it not only tells me that God cares about me, you know, he knows what we're going through, uh, but he not only knows, he wants to walk, you know, with us and that we don't have to go through these things alone. And uh, it's first, first Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And before going a little bit deeper into that verse, I want to just uh, have an idea, a picture of what does that verb cast look like? You know, what would you say? You know, I think it means to just turn everything completely over to him. Yeah, I could make a picture right in my mind about uh, when you cast a net, you know, to catch some fish, you know, you just throw it, like you say, just throw it away. And it involves action, you know, involve effort. Because you're not just throwing a ball, you know, we're casting, we're just getting rid of something and just, you know, put it out there. And so that's exactly right. You know, the verse is telling us 
that, uh, you know, anything that we have, whether it be anxiety, whatever is troubling you, grief, disappointment, hurt, confusion, pain, you know, just cast it. And where, you know, on God. Why? Because he cares. There, there's some scripture that I would like to uh, bring because definitely, you know, in the scripture, we see so many giants on the faith. In moments of weakness, it's moment of, you know, where they were in pain, in, with disappointment, frustrated. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they took that pain and misery and turned it to God. Um, the first one is Moses. Uh, I'm reading a book uh, about, it's called The Land Between uh, from Jeff Mannion and kind of helps me. Uh, I read it like two years ago and I went back to it again, just because it's, it's a reminder of how these giants in the fates turn, you know, they turn to God, how they cast uh, their anxiety to God. And, and in Numbers um, 11, 11, 14 to 15, we see we have Moses and you know when we read about Moses we we read all these great things you know that God did through him Uh, but there's a a passage here that I don't know if many are familiar with Uh, basically he said um, it's it reads he asked the Lord why have you brought this trouble on your servant what have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Is this how you are going to treat me? Please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes and do not let my face, my own ruin. So definitely, you know, what can we tell about Moses in this very time? You know, what, what, what do we see there? Oh, he's definitely, definitely overwhelmed. He's kind of, uh, I would almost say kind of at rock bottom. He, you know, I mean, he's, he's really weighed down uh, and just, just tired. And like I said, overwhelmed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I can see there that he's sick and tired. You know, he's uh, in an emotional collapse. He feels miserable. What does he do? You know, what does he do? He, he turns to God. That's the first thing uh, that cast, you know, he's, He's casting his anxiety to God. And not only that, um, while he's voicing his rant, uh, his frustration, he's in a way praying to God. You know, he knows that he can come to God and pour his heart to him. In the same way, you know, when I read this, I'm, this is not just anyone, this is Moses. And so, you know, this encouraged me that even if I feel that way, you know, exasperated uh, under the weight of burdens, grief, you know, asking uh, asking ourselves what good could possibly come out of this, you know. Uh, God wants us to know that we are not alone. I'm reading Jeff Manu's commentary about this, right, this moment. And he said, uh, Moses is not just merely venting his hardship, he's praying. And in his raw, unhibited prayer, Moses is facing the right direction. So this verse on 1 Peter 5, 7, you know, cast your anxiety to God is an invitation. It's a reminder to, hey, uh, I know what you're going through. Let's face the right, the right direction, you know. 
and right. that right direction needs to start a conversation with God. Oh, absolutely. And um, Elijah did the same thing. He went up against 450 prophets of Baal and he won. And, you know, Ahab was real upset. And Jezebel was like, well, she sent a message to Elijah and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill you. You're dead. And, and Elijah, he, he fled. He just, he ran. The Bible tells us that he, he went 40 days and nights to go to Mount Horeb, you know, and he did the same thing that Moses did. He, he complained to God, you know, Elijah was, he was sick and tired. He was completely spent and just overwhelmed. You know, God says in Elijah, this is in first Kings chapter 19 verses nine and 10. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And then later on, when Elijah's on the mountain, you know, the Bible says there's a horrible earthquake. There's a horrible wind, the rock shatter, and God's not there. But then there was this small whisper and that's when elijah covered his face because he knew he was in the presence of the lord and god not only understands where he's at but he gives elijah the solution in verses 15 through 18 god says to him go back the way you came and go to the desert of damascus when you get there anoint haziel king over aram also anoint jehu son of nimshi king over israel and anoint elisha son of Shaphat, from Abel, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Haziel, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. So God allows us to cry out to him when we are overwhelmed, when we just get sick and tired, and when we just can't handle it anymore. And it's a kind of ironic that we're ending the season kind of the same way I began it because, you know, the, the first episode was how do we recover from rock bottom? And I talked about just how angry I got at what was going on in the world and how God brought me up out of that. And we can see these examples. You had just talked about Moses and we have this example with Elijah, how he allows us to cast our anxieties on him, all of our fears, all of our doubts. He allows us to just completely throw them to him. And he will take them and then he will give us the solutions and the help that we need. Yeah. Uh, in that uh, example that you mentioned about Elijah, I noticed, you know, when you said he went to Mount Horeb, you know, the same man he spoke to Moses. Is, and, and that's no coincidence. The way these, uh, uh, both Moses and Elijah, uh, they not only cast their anxiety, they just lingered there. They, they knew that in, God, they will find rest. And, uh, and that's exactly, you know, what happened. I know that uh, right before uh, God charged Elijah uh, to come, to go back and find hope, you know, the, the, the support he needs, he first allowed him to rest and, uh, and then comfort him with food. You know, he knew his basic uh, need. Uh, and once he provided, then he provides, you know, the strength to go back, the hope, the recharge energy, you know, to go back and continue his road. Uh, and for me, that's beautiful, you know, the way he provides for Elijah when he's there. 
and in the same way, you know, we look at a uh, uh, Jeremiah. He's kind of in the same spot, you know. He's been persecuted uh, in prison. In in Jeremiah twenty verses thirteen, fourteen, and eighteen. Uh, I'm just gonna read uh, through them. Uh, it starts with sings to the Lord. He prays to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. And then immediately he starts his rant. <laughs> Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and dwell my days in shame? And, you know, we definitely see here that he's uh, very sincere, definitely. He knows that he cannot hide anything to God. He just come as he is, you know, as he, whatever despair and anger and frustration he has. But there's something that caught my attention right before that uh, conversation, you know, about uh, communicating his frustration. He starts with, uh, with praise. That verse 13, sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. So even though he acknowledged his situation, that is pretty much hopeless. Uh, he's acknowledging that God is a God of good, you know, the goodness of God is great and that uh, he's a God who provides a God who is faithful and in the same way that kind of reminds us that it is God's goodness and faithfulness you know who give us the hope and the certainty to come to him with our you know as we are and there's a comment that uh, Jeff Marion that book that I'm reading uh, that I like and it's that uh, he, about this moment, he comments that uh, Jeremiah sees the Lord as fully deserving praise for rescuing him, you know, in the past. He tasted both the goodness of God and the painful brutality of life. And coincidentally, these two extremes, you know, God's goodness and the painful brutality of life coexist through the scripture. And it's exactly the same as this often, as these often do in our lives. Exactly how life is, you know, and, and especially now and especially for Christians, you know, we, we go to church and we worship God and we sing about, you know, we sing our praises to God. But then we see the news and just all these horrible, evil things that are happening all over the world. We see people going hungry. We see babies, you know, with malnutrition because they can't get their, their food. And it, it's just, I mean... I got to be honest, I kind of feel like Jeremiah sometimes. It's like, yes, God, you are great. But why is all this horrible stuff happening right now? You know, God's greatness coexists with this, just this brutality of life. And how, how do we reconcile the two, you know? And that's, that's, I think, the difficult part is just knowing that God is great and that God is greater than the brutality of life and that he is there with us. You know, we see this example with Jeremiah where those two that God's greatness and the brutality of life coexist. We also see, you know, in the example of Moses and Elijah, how God gives them rest and then strengthens them and, and props them up to be that light, you know, to overcome that brutality of life with their own goodness. You can't fight hate with hate. You got to overcome it with love. And, you know, God is love and through God's love and God's light and God's strength, we can overcome the brutality of life. 
Yeah, and uh, it's like the example you mentioned, you know, through Moses, through Elijah, through Jeremiah, they had this constant and they speak to me and it's like they know God deeply cares for them. And they chose, and, and because they knew that, you know, they chose to come to God. And, uh, and not only that, you know, they waited expectantly because... Uh, at least, you know, uh, this hope, uh, this truth helped me realize, you know, that there is more in life than this, than just this that I see. And the God, you know, the maker, he wants to walk with me through this. And uh, maybe I don't see the why, I cannot make sense of it at the moment. Uh, but this I know, you know, that uh, he loves me and that he wants to go and walk with me and carry me, you know, and that's, you know, for me to just keep not on my seat and waiting, you know, just to share this truth and, and even be there for someone who needs to grieve. And if, you know, if he wants me to the same way that I grieve and that he helps me, you know, through the Holy Spirit and strengthen me, then I'm, I want to be there for someone who's grieving. There's, you know, uh, pain and hope connect everybody, you know, and he's our hope. In the same way, you know, I love the Psalms uh, because they bring me a lot of hope. The Psalms, you know, as Jeff Mannion said, and that I like the way he describes them, uh, pain and chaos are not ignored, uh, but trust gets the final word. And that's it, you know, in the midst of turbulence in the Psalms, there is this abiding hope that God ultimately is good and he's unchanging and that he's faithful. And he carries us, you know, through those difficult times. Um, so Psalm uh, 55, I'm just going to get two songs that uh, kind of show that heart of David when he's in the midst of distress, you know, how he's handling that distress. Um, Psalm 55, for example, you can read them all, you know, as, as you go through them. But I just want to um, mention three verses, 16, 17, and 22. It starts with, you know, as for me, I call to God as the Lord saved me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. He hears my voice. Cast your curse on the Lord and he will sustain you. And look at the similarity of that verse, you know, that last verse with 1 Peter 5, 7. You know, cast your curse on the Lord. Why? Because he will sustain you. You know, he's our ever-present moment in trouble, you know, ever-present help in trouble. In this song, you know, David is using a lot of words to express his anxiety. He's, he uses the words trouble, suffering, anguish, terrors. I mean, fear, trembling, or horror. And, and he's been honest about all, all his emotions through it. And, and again, you know, in those verses that we read, in the midst of his distress, David um, voices praises to God. Uh, because of the goodness of God that he has experienced in the past. So um, the same thing in Psalm 13. That psalm, you know, it starts with a, with a cry. You know, the psalmist is crying out to the Lord. It starts with, how long, Lord? You know, how long will you forgive me forever? How long would you hide your face from me? How long? You know, it's, it's that how long constantly. Uh, that sometimes it resembles, you know, exactly how we feel. Uh, it's kind of the cry of those worn out from the waiting. About this psalm, you know, um, I read a commentary again from Joe, uh, Jeff Mannion, and it, and it says, 
this song, you know, encourages us, uh, encourages us to bring our questions, our how long, you know, those things that are upsetting you, disappointing, uh, fear, hurt, grief, confusion, discouragement, God, and it also encourages us to bring our trust, to remind ourselves of God's unfailing love shown us in the past. And, you know, uh, that's the beauty of the scriptures. You know, it's not just, um, we see ourselves there and it's kind of a mirror that we can look and, and, and you know, guide, uh, help us guide us through these moments. I think that Jeff Mannion's comments are, are spot on. And we do see examples of that in scripture in that it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to grieve and to have anxiety and to even be angry. You know, having all those emotions and being upset over what's happening is all right. All throughout the Bible, we see examples of these great heroes of the Bible who just were at their wits end. And what did they do? They cried out to God. You know, they praised God and they cried out to God and said, you know, you know, either kill me or help me, you know, like, you know, Jeremiah cursing the day he was born, Moses saying, you know, is this what you're going to do to me? <laughs> you know, but, but God answers them and helps them and props them up. He gives them the strength to carry out the work that he called them to do. And God does that for us as well. It's okay for us to get stressed, to get angry, to be disappointed and anxious about what's going on. The important thing is to cast all of those emotions onto God, to cry out to him and turn everything over to him. And he will give us that same strength. He will lift us up and give us all the tools and the strength that we need to do the work that he calls us to do. He will provide that comfort that we need. And there's one thing you had mentioned earlier, and I'd like to close just by repeating it because it's kind of been the theme of the, the whole season. And I think it's a fitting way to close out. But you had mentioned how God helps us so that we can go ahead and help others. And the Bible does tell us that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. So I think it is important to take that action, like you said, to, to actually turn towards God, to actually cast our anxieties on him. Once he provides us with that help and that strength and that comfort, I think it's equally important that we then turn around and provide that same strength and that same comfort to those that we see who are grieving and who are anxious and, you know, who are experiencing that disappointment and anger. God can use the comfort that he has provided with us and through us to provide that same comfort to other people. Yeah. Again, you know, we're, we're a community. We are not uh, by ourselves and God wants to keep weaving, you know, his love through each other. And, uh, and sharing that hope. Amen. Yilda, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for helping me out with the, uh, the season finale, as it were. Awesome. Thank you for what you're doing, Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be taking a break for the summer. But we will be back with a brand new episode on August 23rd. In the meantime... Please feel free to listen to some of our back catalog and listen to some of our past and previous episodes. And if you would like to send us feedback on any episode, you may do so by going to our website, www.coffeewithjesus.info, or you may send us an email, feedback at coffeewithjesus.info. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you all for the love and the support that you have shown us since we have started this venture. It is our hope that these podcasts will provide you with some hope, some comfort, and some encouragement. And if they have, then please feel free to share these episodes with anyone who you think could use some hope or some comfort or some encouragement. As always, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and God bless.